Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace Veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good Saturday afternoon. I hope you're awake. (laughs) Hey, here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources and community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Hey, again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of the show, Faith Marketplace, and also a founding partner of Samurai Business Group. We offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills. Most of our clients report that they have doubled and tripled top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And I'm thrilled to announce that I have a client on the show today. Hopefully, he'll back those claims up as to what the heck we're doing. But I'd like to introduce you to a gentleman now that I've known for, for about two years. I'd like to introduce you to Eric Jensen. Uh, he's the founder of Eric Jensen Coaching. Obviously, he's got a, a, a creative streak in him to, with his name there, right? And uh, he's an executive coach, but he does many, many other things. He's got lots of talents and in, in things today. So, Eric, welcome. Thank you, Bob. It's great to be here. Yeah. You know, um, you, you had a quote that I thought was very fascinating. Why don't you share what that quote was? Well, it, uh, when your brain's on fire, stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> so well, that's brilliant. What is that? What's that mean? Well, it's just, uh, it's a way to remember that uh, if you're getting spun up uh, and you're about to make a decision, particularly if you're in a leadership role, uh, recognize that that uh, that's happening and stop. Uh, uh, even if you have to exit the situation, drop is basically figure out a place to calm down and uh, and self-regulate, and then roll is uh, get get some other perspective um, before before you re-engage. I love it. That's great. So when your brain's on fire, drop. <laughs> Stop. Drop and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. That's great. Yeah, you, really. Is that part of your coaching? No, it, it's it's <laughs> something that comes up in a, in uh, once in a while when a client is they are just exasperated, and um, uh, it's just a, a little something to remember. Hey, we we got time. Let's back up and uh, let's let's look at this. You know, and you also you you brought us a couple things that you want people to draw the show today. So why don't you share with the show with folks on the show. What are some of those hooks, those things that you hope that they'll take away from our show today? Yeah, so I'm hoping that people can get a sense of why coaching is critical for today's star leaders. Um, uh, We'll talk a little bit about how to avoid a mental hijacking, uh, just a little bit bit of brain science and how to recognize when that's happening and um, not to get caught between two bad choices. How, How can you find a third option? All righty. Well, listen, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the business that you're in, because I think it's fascinating what you're doing, but let's take them back a little ways. I mean, uh, you didn't just start thinking about this yesterday. So why don't we give our audience a little bit of insight to Eric and his background a little bit? Sure, sure. Well, I'm, I am a serial entrepreneur, um, uh, tech background, uh, 
my vision coming out of college was to start companies. And so I uh, was pretty methodical about that. Uh, started the uh, first one, oh boy, almost 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Venture-backed, venture built that, and then uh, have done a number since then. Um, uh, but along the way, particularly these last uh, 15 years or so, I've also done a lot of work uh, helping younger entrepreneurs get started and uh, 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 going through the ropes um, <laughs> and have really just really enjoyed that process. And, um, and then also meeting with others and um, a number of friends just encouraged me. They said, Eric, you should, you should uh, do this and uh, uh, offer coaching. Uh, to other business leaders and entrepreneurs. So about a year ago, I started doing that. And, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's great. And you know, uh, from a perspective of your being a Christian, how long have you been a Christian? Well, uh, great question. I grew up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my mother and father introduced me to Jesus. Um, I think, like most that grew up in a Christian environment. Um, as you got older, uh, you re-understood your faith. And uh, so I remember getting baptized when I was in high school. That was, that was a moment of saying, okay, this is my adult decision. Um, then life happens and re-evaluating re that in college. And uh, um, God has been faithful ever since. Yeah, That's awesome. So when you uh, made some of these decisions, being a serial entrepreneur, going from you know, startup companies, growing them up, and then spinning them off, uh, what, where was God in that? What, 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 what did you do in that particular instance? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, uh, I, I love to create and, mm -hmm. you know, if you read, uh, read the Genesis story, that's, you know, our God is a creative God. Um, and, and I, I just, I love working with other people, creating new things. And, uh, so for me, it was always, um, uh, very compatible with the faith, um, almost to the point that if I didn't do it, I, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you know, you've answered some very profound questions for me, and I want to share a little bit in this, this last couple of minutes we have left, because I know that's out there uh, that people are probably wrestling with the same thing I was. And I ask you what, what you know, because you've been deeply involved in uh, technology, right, for most yep. of your career. Yep. And you're great at that. And particularly more coming into the last number of years, this whole AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah. So can you share with me, share with our audience, what you share with kids? I, I was befuddled by it as to what the heck is this and how is this going to take over all of us? But why don't you share briefly what, what AI is and your understanding of it? And what's, what's it supposed to do? Well, sure. Uh, uh, so most of my companies in one form or another have touched AI. Uh, for quite some time. So um, I, what's happened, the reason AI, so AI is not new, right? Right. It's 1960 uh, with um, John McCarthy, we, it, it started back then. But what's happened in the last eight years is that we finally figured out how to automate perception. In other mm. words, now uh, machines can see and hear, not the way you and I think about seeing and hearing, but in a way that they can, we can train them to recognize what they hear, recognize what they see. That's extremely powerful. And, and if, you, if you can all of a sudden think of you know, having not just a couple of ears listening to something, but thousands of ears or millions of ears, 
or millions of eyeballs. What can you do with that? And mm-hmm. um, and that's that's what we have today. And that's what's led to this explosion the last eight years. Right. Of course, what I picked at you with is, is it going to be able to take and mimic human beings? Um, it, there's a lot of commentary on that. Yeah. Uh, the, the short answer from my perspective is no. Um, uh, being human is, uh, is, well, I'll put it this way. I did my graduate work in vision. And I remember my, my uh, thesis advisor who went on to become a very well-known vision person. I, I made this quip like, oh, this should be easy. And he looked at me. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized how ignorant I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so being a human being, there's a lot going on, right? Uh, right. So I'll give you an example. When, when, if I say to you, go into a room and uh, find all the chairs, uh, one of the things you might do is take a waste paper basket, flip it over, and sit on it. Right. Well, because you understand the intention of what I asked. Well, AI is nowhere near that. In fact, today's AI, unless there is something in the room that looks like something it's seen before, mm. it won't recognize it as a chair. I see. Okay. And also, you told me, like, I asked the question about machine learning. And what you really said, those are algorithms, kind of mathematical algorithms that are iterative, right? Yeah. So, so machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and and it is really the um, uh, uh, the advances that have happened there have really fueled this idea of automating perception. Okay, so I guess in one sense uh, I can calm down about the fact that God did make us very unique <laughs> as human beings, and we're not going to be replaced anytime soon with machines yes. uh, because we have a uniqueness uh, about us, as far as like you said. Yes. Uh, going into a room, finding all the chairs and the wastebasket could be turned over to be used as a chair. You know? <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Now, from that very quickly here, uh, do most people understand this? Uh, uh, no, I think uh, the popular perception is Terminator <laughs> and Skynet, <laughs> right? And so are, are they coming after us? And um, uh it, there is a risk there. I mean, these when you can automate listening to everything mm-hmm. and seeing everything, and the fact that we have all voluntary, voluntarily bugged our homes with devices, and our phones are listening to us, and there's cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could see that it could be abused, but that that's a it's not a technology question. It's really a, a social and political question. Yeah, absolutely. How does this power get used? Yeah. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and I think we've seen some evidence that maybe it can get abused. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Well, I I am just so thrilled. So hopefully, uh, audience, I cleared up something pretty quickly here. From what I believe is somebody that absolutely is a subject matter expert. He's done all this stuff. He gets it. He live, lives it and eats and sleeps and breathes it. But here's the deal. You got to stay tuned because we got more of Eric coming back, and we're going to do a little deeper dive in those subjects that he talked about. And also, he's got something to give away to everybody, all our listeners today. So you got to come back to find out what that goodie is. But here, I want to invite you to come out to faithmarketplace.com. I got a big bag of goodies sitting here that I'm just itching to give away. So all you have to do is uh, text me at 312-210-0603 and say goodies, G-O-O-D-I-E-S, okay? Just put goodies in there so that I can get you something and get it, uh, get it out to you. 
Stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Eric Jensen, Eric Jensen Coaching. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Eric Jensen of the Eric Jensen Coaching. He's an executive coach, and he's winging it all the way from Fairfax, Virginia today. That's how much he thought of the show, and he wanted to share some of his wisdom with everybody today. But, uh, hey, Eric, I'd like to jump into uh, helping people. Let's put a little bit more meat on the bone about your, your coaching practice. And also, if you want, you know, some of the stuff you do uh, as far as these AI businesses or the technology business. But, you know, what is your ideal client or target audience uh, that you serve? Yeah, great question. Well, for my coaching practice, I'm targeting leaders and entrepreneurs that have type, top line responsibility uh, mm-hmm. in, in their companies. Um, uh, I, I actually also um, do a little bit of coaching with pastors that yes. um, are looking to, you know, they need someone in their corner to kind of figure out, all right, what some of the challenges they're facing. Now, when we when you talk about this, these leaders and, and people like this, you're targeting those kind of audiences. Is there some kind of criteria that you go by that would be a good coaching client for you, or or you know that you're looking at as a good target for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think there's there's two elements. One is uh, they're committed to uh, uh, getting better. This yep. is they're they're engaging coaching because they want to improve their performance. Um, and then and then the second is just chemistry. Right. So uh, uh, before we engage, we, we spend some time and I, I walk them through a process and we, we get a sense of, is there going to be, uh, does it feel like there's going to be good chemistry there? Yeah. Uh, I know this is going to be kind of an opposite of that, but what doesn't make a good coaching client? Um, ah, gee, uh, I, well, I, it's really someone that, um, well, certainly someone that uh, was told they need to get coaching and they really don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I think also uh, the coaching process is uh, communications pretty direct. Uh, right. you know, uh, my clients aren't hiring me to be nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not being mean or anything, but uh, the goal is really improving performance. So if there are things that uh, need to be unpacked and explored or addressed directly, we're going to be, we're going to be doing that. So what typically are the problems that you help them solve? Oh, uh, I, it's a great question. Uh, we generally start, it can be a variety of things. We can be uh, focused on outcomes, um, uh, really digging in what outcomes are they trying to achieve sometime. And then with long with that is getting clarity on those outcomes. Mm-hmm. Right. And once you get clarity on your outcomes, you need to have clarity of where you are today because there's a gap. And unless you understand that gap, uh, uh, it's very difficult to make progress to that outcome. You know, it's well, interesting that you say that about the outcome. How, how many people that you work with really have a clear idea of that? Uh, some some do. Some mm-hmm. uh, uh, it evolves. Right. Uh, so uh, so one of the one of the just tremendous aspects of coaching. And in my role is to help the uh, client expand the person I'm working with, expand their awareness. Mm. Uh, so generally, and, and we need, this is, this is the key to coaching because we need other people to do that. I need that. Right. right. We, right. it's a relational process. We, when we come into a problem, we're coming in with a framework of our current reality 
and our own experiences, um, it really, we need other people to kind of break us out of that. And, and right. that is at the core of the coaching process. Well, I think it's important. One of the things you said, you need that. So you've obviously experienced coaching or coaches, right? And mentors. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yep. And, and for you, what would be one of the things you'd say that <clears throat> really enlightened you with some of the coaching you've had? Oh, I know there's many things, but is there yeah. anything that stands out? Um, <laughs> a great, great question. I, I think of, uh, I actually think of coaching I received when uh, I started my first company. And um, it, was, it was really about what was important. Mm. Um, and, um, and, you know, at that time, I, there was some mentoring going on because I didn't know a lot of what I was doing. But what was what was really important about my life, and and mm. why was I doing this, and just getting clarity on that was was really helpful. And um, in particular, not doing it because um, I was doing it for other people's expectations. Ah, right? okay. Not, you know, in other words, what was my expectation? Where did where did I want to be? What was so, I committed to? In a word, maybe was that like purpose? Maybe. Yeah, purpose is probably a, a large word. Um, right. uh, I, you know, purpose I think comes into focus as you the older you get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, a lot I of times, it. particularly when I was younger, I felt like I was following breadcrumb trails, right? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and then the purpose uh, comes in focus a little later. Yeah, I, I know for myself with the coaching, it's just making me aware more because you can't, know, you don't know what you don't know. Number one, you're you're kind of in your own little box most of the time. Yeah. And having those outside perspectives, especially from people that you respect and that you've given permission yeah. to tell you like it is, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yep. I know that's part of the part of uh, a good coach. He's got to have permission to be able to tell like it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and <laughs> if if that coach doesn't have that permission, it it's you really shouldn't be doing coaching. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Or not or working with that client. Right. You know? That's right. Or working with that client. Um, what do you think your approach to this is uh, different or unique or distinct? I guess I would really say. Well, for, for my, for my target, it's, um, uh, two things. I have, um, gone down this path, right? Mm -hmm. I've, I've, uh, I've had successes. I've had some failures. Uh, I've lived to tell about it. So, um, uh, when I sit down with, uh, uh, entrepreneur or business leader, I, 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 I already come in with a sense of their context um, mm. and, and the things, the challenges they have. Um, one, of the, one of the things about in being in leadership, as any leader knows, is everyone around you has an agenda mm. and, you're, and you're constantly being managed. Mm. And, and I, I come in being aware of that and I, am, I don't have an agenda other than to make you better. Right. And uh, I'm there to serve you. So. Um, uh, so that really understanding the context and then understanding what you really need, I think that really distinguishes what I'm able to do. Yeah, and that's through the experience, the cumulative experience you've had, right? Yeah, that's right. So, do people sense that when you come in and work with them? Do, or do you have to tell them that, or do they kind of already automatically uh, kind of get that from you? You know, that's the feedback I get. So, okay. and and I really work hard for that. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's what makes you successful and makes them successful, right? Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's right. You can you can help them look around the corners, <laughs> see what's coming. Yes, <laughs> that's really important. Uh, so, 
the one-on-one, I get it. It's, is this mainly just one-on-one? Do you do group coaching or what, what's it look like, you know, when you're yeah. doing this? So, so primarily uh, today uh, uh, and uh, is mostly focused on a one-on-one. So uh, I'll, I'll work with people. Typically it's, it's twice a month. Uh, some, uh, some of my clients want, need a little more support. Some want a little bit less. I, I meet them where they're at. I am um, uh, getting ready to launch a, um, a beta on a group coaching experience that's targeted at millennial leaders ah. uh, uh, and that I'm pretty excited about. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure, you know, we'll launch it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but that's something I have a real heart for, and mm-hmm. I would love to see that grow. Yeah, let's dig into that a little bit. I know we're going to get into a little deeper conversation later on that, but I don't want to skip over that. You know, what's inspiring you with that? Why Why do you feel that that's something you really want to do? Uh, uh, I love I love the interaction, and okay. um, uh, you know, I was in their I was in their shoes. I was in their shoes, right. and you know, uh, years ago, and um, I love seeing the baton getting handed to that next generation. Uh, I love working with them. I learn a lot from them, mm-hmm. even though they're absorbing quite a bit. I'm, I'm fully engaged in that process. I really enjoy it. And, and how would you characterize or distinguish between your generation and when you were at and how you grew up as a young entrepreneur and what, what these young millennials are facing today? Wow. Um, all right. So there's one aspect. We actually talked about this a little bit before the show is this whole idea of performance. Mm. Now, now when, when I, was young, um, performance was pretty important and, right. and, and I could perform, but it wasn't my life. It wasn't my identity. Okay. Um, I think this generation, they have grown up, uh, being asked to perform every minute of their lives. Mm. So whether it's on social media, whether it's passing exams, it's all, what do I got to do to present the best side of myself and to succeed and be accepted? Um, boy, that's a, that's a heavy burden. Yeah. So maybe failure isn't an option or that's the way they see it. Yeah. Failure's not an, failure's not an option or not knowing how to deal with failure. What, what do I ah, do with this? Right. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. knowing how to process it, uh, not realizing that there's life afterwards. It's okay. And, right. uh, and actually it makes you better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, as we've seen a lot, you fail early and often, particularly when it's a startup and particularly in the tech world. <laughs> yes, yes. So there are niches where that, that ethos is like in the, in the, um, in the startup environment is, is, is very common, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily in the rest of the life, right? There it's, you go. Right. Yep. Yep. Well said. That, that's very profound because, you know, uh, distinguishing those two things. Uh, as you know, when I in my coaching practice, you have your identity and you have your role, right. and there's a big wall between those. Yeah. Because oftentimes we unfortunately let our roles affect our identity, who we yes. who we are, and uh, I think that's that that's pretty profound. You know that you're that's another thing we have to be mindful of with uh, with our young people. I can't believe the time of this segment's so really breezing by. Hey, listen, folks, you got to stay tuned because, like I told you, Eric's got something special he's going to offer everybody. So you got to come back and hear what that offer is. In the meantime, get out there and check us out on AM 1160. Also, Hope for Your Life. We got 
They got fabulous programming along with this show, of course. And then our podcast is out there on all the podcast channels. So one, get you out there, check out Faith Marketplace podcast and stay tuned because we're just getting revved up here. Fasten your safety belt. We're going to be right back with Eric Jensen. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, again, we're back here with Eric Jensen, Eric Jensen Coaching. And where we left off was, uh, you know, we talked about it, three things at the beginning of the show that we were going to try to help you understand today. And we want to get on to the second one of those, and that is mental hijacking. You know, Eric, what the heck is mental hijacking? Yeah, so um, it's when, uh, actually, it's when what most people experience on social media all the time. Mm. They see something and it immediately evokes some kind of response. Um, or they hear uh, uh, a phrase or a, a particularly a choice. A, a big one is either you're for us or against us. If you're not mm. this, you're the other thing. And, they, and we feel like we have to make that choice. And there's tremendous pressure to go one way. Um, that is, um, that's a mental hijack and, and, and actually AI helps a lot with that today, all these companies. Um, so, uh, but it is something, uh, work with, uh, work with, um, my clients, my coaching clients. Um, one of the things that we, we talk about is, um, I'll pull in Daniel Kahneman, who is Mm -hmm. a psychologist, many people may know is book, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, right. um, he talks about uh, this system one, system two. Mm-hmm. System one is this thing that operates very fast. It sees the world and makes an evaluation and you get a decision. And that's actually what most of your AI in your social media takes advantage of. And that's where you, get, where you can get hijacked. So uh-huh. uh, system, system two is the slower system that actually steps back and says, Hey, what's the logic here? Uh, does this make sense? Uh, what what should I really be doing? So, uh, so what we'll do is we'll try to uh, identify those places where the choice that's laid on the table uh, is. We try to take that apart and say, well, is it really either or? And then and then we'll look at is there a spectrum here? Mm. And then and then uh, we will um, uh, start unpacking that. And what we're, what we're working against is this phenomena that Kahneman talks about. What you see is all there is. Mm. So when, you, when, you, when somebody gives you a choice, your brain, that system one, immediately says, oh, uh, th- that must really be the issue. And those are my only two options. I got to choose. And uh-huh. what, right, what you see is all there is. And uh, this is not a new, this is not a new insight. Uh, jurisprudence has done this for millennia. That's why we have multiple witnesses. That's why we have juries because we get right. multiple perspectives and saying, okay, mm. so we slow it down. We say there is more than what you see. Let's, mm-hmm. let's figure that out. What else is at play here? Oh, very good. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's really uh, distinguishing right there. You know, I had never thought about that way and you're absolutely right. I mean, we're riff with that today everywhere you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's almost like that commercial was out a number of years ago where a girl was asked, well, where'd you get that? You, you know, that, you know, how, how do you know that's true? Well, it's on the internet. It must be right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it must be true. 
Hey, Eric, you, you're going to give something away. I don't want to tease them any longer. So let's let our audience know what are you going to give every listener that texts us at 312-210-0603. What do we got for them today? So we got a, um, I, we actually have a short white paper that's actually on this third topic about not getting caught between two bad choices. Ah. What's, your th- what's your third option? And, okay. and it's a way of um, uh, thinking about uh, laying out your decision and understanding the structure of your decision and, and think, is it, is it A or B or is mm-hmm. there a C? And so, so the, uh, uh, this little, little essay is about how to, how to figure out what C might be. Wow, that's, that's fabulous. So everybody that texts us at 312-210-0603, and you put in the keyword third option, the T-H-I-R-D option, and and we're going to get you a copy of this fabulous white paper that uh, Eric is talking about to really give you some guidance on this. yeah, frankly, it's probably going to prompt you to think a little bit more as to the spectrum of possibilities, right? And That's speaking right. of that, Eric, why don't we dive into that a little bit about the two bad choices? You kind of whet their appetite. So share with us maybe an example where you've had a client that has uh, you know, a, a, you know, something that they've been facing like that and how you coached them through it. Yeah. So um, uh, a typical scenario, uh, let's say it's a, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a typical scenario is making choices between control and cooperation. All right. Mm. So if we're, if we're setting up um, uh, our organization to do something, how much control do we have and how much, how much cooperation do we have? Well, typically uh, uh, it's not uncommon for, for groups to kind of ping pong between that. Oh, you know, we got it. We got to have all control and people are, are just, there's no creativity. The clients are unhappy and now we're going to go to cooperation. And now so we've got all kinds of creativity, uh, but nothing's getting shipped on time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so how, do we, uh, how do we step back from that? And, and really, uh, one of the aspects is uh, we're not actually just talking about control and cooperation. There's also autonomy. People need mm-hmm. to be able to function on their own. Mm-hmm. So, so what we can do is we can draw a triad where you have control, cooperation, autonomy, and say, okay, where are we today as an organization? Where's our leadership today? How do they operate? And then where do we need to be tomorrow, right? Mm. And in order to really deliver, because there are some things we have to control. There are some mandates we need to make. And there are some things that we just absolutely have to delegate. People got to figure this out on the front lines. We can't be giving, you know, the Mosaic law from on high. Uh, right. and, and there are other things where teams are completely appropriate. So, right. so, so that's how we kind of can unpack a, a very common organizational challenge. Right. And as leaders, oftentimes we're charged with casting vision, but then who's going to execute on the vision, right? That's right. And then to your point, what contribution are they allowed to make? Yep. And then what autonomy do they have to make those kind of contributions or the execute on that? Yep. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. There, there, um, a, a recent, um, a uh, recent interaction I had w- uh, with the, the young entrepreneur was um, trying to, um, there was a performance issue in the company, but it was like mm. two or three levels down. Okay. And, and he, he was not, um, he, he was very frustrated because he, he, he didn't have the information he needed 
but he also didn't want to go, you know, he didn't want to violate um, uh, uh, basically the management underneath him. Didn't, didn't okay. want to, didn't want to make them look like uh, they didn't have his trust. So we actually, for that, what we did was we separated out. I said, you know, information and control are really two different things, mm. right? So, so information needs to flow freely, right? Particularly in this day and age, but your control can be th thought about separately. And so in that situation, he was able to figure out, oh, I can, I can go talk to this person, figure out what I need to hear without giving any direction. And plus giving, making sure his manager understands what I'm doing and, ah. it, and, it, and it worked out great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great, Eric. So get, allowing him to understand he has permission to go talk to these people, Yeah. Uh, but for the purpose solely to just gather information, right? Not that's to right. be, you know, coming down from Mount on high, usurping the other manager's authority or any of that. That's also right. including the other manager in that, you know, which was uh, obviously you know, the right thing to do to let him yep. know that, Hey, yep. you still have my confidence, but I'm just gathering information here. That's right. uh, now, does he share his frustration with that manager or not? Uh, I, probably not. Right. Okay. Cause that's not the, uh, uh, you know, you always think of when you're, when you're sharing any kind of emotional content like that, mm -hmm. you always want to have a purpose. <laughs> ah, okay. And, and generally stuff like that, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it doesn't necessarily serve you. Well, it sounds like what you've done is you've helped mitigate the emotion he was having around frustration. Yes, that's right. That you really that's get right. down to, you know, the meat and potatoes here. Yep. And that's basically the information. Right. Right. Now, what does he do with the information? Well, in this case, he, he got clarity on what, um, uh, what the issues were and why things, why there was a performance issue. And so okay. he was then able to go in and, and, and talk to the man, the managers involved and come up with a solution. Now, is that a delicate uh, type of thing that you have to do? Does he have to nuance that as he goes in there to the managers? It's always, you know, it's, that's very situation dependent, right? Depends on okay. how the, how the team operates, what their culture is. Yeah. Right. Well, in the last minute remaining, I, I just real quickly, uh, we hear a lot about culture today, culture talk everywhere, right? Culture index, culture, this culture, that. Uh, what's your, what's your, your feeling on that, your position on culture? Um, what's the phrase culture eats strategy? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, culture, uh, really culture is about how you think about community, right? Mm. Yep. And when, and, and trust, how do you build trust? Uh, right. and when the trust, when the community is strong, when the, when the trust is strong, um, boy, that's really powerful, really powerful. Well said. Well said. Well, again, folks, I want to encourage you to get out there and text us at 312-210-0603. The keyword is third option, and you're going to be sent one of these fabulous PDF downloads. Of really, how do you get through this possibility of making these choices between two, two options here? And uh, Eric's going to help you get through that because he's going to expand that. He's giving you some good, good points here in our conversation, but now you're going to see it in black and white. And then, of course, obviously, you're going to want to contact Eric to get some of his coaching, okay? Because you don't want to miss out on what this guy what this guy is delivering. It's fabulous, I got to tell you. You know, so listen, we're going to be right back. Eric and I are going to roundtable a mystery subject. So we're not going to tell you yet. You got to come back, and this mystery subject, I guarantee, is something you're going to want to hear about. 
But in the meantime, get out there and, um, hey, text me. Again, 312-210-0603. And the keyword is goodies because I got a bag full of them. And you're going to want these things, okay? And, of course, every Saturday we're on AM 1160 here in Chicago. But that's beamed out worldwide. There's a downloadable app. So we're going to be right back with our roundtable conversation. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here for our roundtable segment with my guest today, Eric Jensen of Eric Jensen Coaching. But first, before we dive into that, because I know you're just jonesing to hear what we've got for you today, uh, I I wanted to ask Eric, you know, uh, you quoted us or shared something with me that I found very interesting about you, amazing, kind of cool. Uh, why don't you share with the audience what that is? Well, um, uh, my wife and I are third degree black belts in Apkido, so which is a <laughs> Korean martial art. Yeah. And what made you decide to do something like that? <laughs> uh, actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, so this, I guess about 10 years ago, uh, some friends uh, invited my wife and I to a uh, demonstration. And my wife's favorite movie when she was a kid was this campy B movie called Lady Hapkido. Ah. And, <laughs> and so when we saw the demonstration, uh, for different reasons, we were both hooked. And, okay. uh, and so we signed up for the first, for the first year and then we kept going. So that's know. fabulous. Now there's a side effect of this, right? <laughs> well, <Nope>. yes. <laughs> so one of the, one of the things that uh, we didn't expect is, um, so Steven Seagal, right. who you may, is an actor. He's also an Aikido master okay. and Aikido is uh, a Japanese martial art. That's very simple. It's very similar to Aikido. And so now when we watch, if we watch a movie like that, uh, we're all, you know, we find ourselves always critiquing the moves because we know what they are. And, <laughs> oh, why did they do this? Or why did they do that? You know, yeah. kind of funny. all those stage choreographed moves, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. How little, authentic are they? <laughs> a little, little bit, a little bit uh, frustrated with the John Wick movies, right? Because okay. they, they, they have Keanu who, who's really amazing. They have him doing a lot of throws, mm-hmm. but, but, um, Normally, when you throw someone, you would stay attached to them and then go for a finish. But okay. that would that would end the scene. So, <laughs> so they, yeah, we can't do that. We got to let that scene grow out for 45 minutes. You know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, well, listen, we got a roundtable that I thought was brought up a little bit earlier, but we want to jump on this one pretty good. And that's millennial performance. And then also uh, diving in a little bit to value of uh, not not performance. Okay. So let's lead you off here with your thoughts on that, Eric, uh, millennial performance. Yeah, I think, uh, so we mentioned this a little bit earlier that this, uh, this next generation is very performant and it seems that their own identity and values very wrapped up. That's how they've, that's how they've been raised. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how our culture is. And I, you know, my heart is really, um, uh, to just, Communicate, you know, your value is not your performance, right? Mm, um, right. You know, your value is learning uh, to give and receive love. And ah. um, uh, just would really encourage encourage people to, um, you know, find that community. Um, learn to be who God created you to be. Be fully human. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Now, you know, some of your clients, obviously, you don't deal just with Christians, right? 
Oh no, no, no. Yeah. In fact, most of my clients are not. So okay. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll, I won't put words in your mouth. You view it as a, as a ministry. Um. Uh, in so much as uh, I know, uh, I'm, um, you know, Jesus said, "Let your light shine," and mm-hmm. um, uh, the way I interpret that in the workplace is, uh, I'm called to operate out of integrity, mm-hmm. and and to be competent in what I do. Right. right. So, um, uh, uh, so I really try to pay very much attention to that. Um, when you do that, relationships are built, and yep. um, and larger things start coming out uh, to talk about. So yep. and, doors start to open. <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, you know Jesus is absolutely central in my life, um, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's very natural for me to talk about uh, if if people are interested. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fascinated with the work, as you know, that, you know, with the show, that's one of the things I'm trying to encourage leaders to do, you know, that be examples, you know, walk this because unfortunately our millennial and Z generation has been uh, exposed to so many people talking one thing and walking in a different direction. So they're watching uh, everybody through skeptical eyes today. And especially if you're proclaiming yourself to be a Christian, would you agree? Yeah. 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 That's actually why I don't lead out, uh, 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 unless people know me, uh, mm-hmm. they won't see uh, material that says, "Oh, I am a Christian." Uh, right. Unless I'm very specific, that's what this is. But right. that's not what I lead with in my business. I'm really there to to uh, help uh, help solve my clients' issues. You know, relieve their pain, fear, or right. help them satisfy their desire. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I know my own, uh, you know, personal practice, you know, working with younger people, I get what you're saying with that, you know, they need direction, but I also see this split in identity and role, you know, as you know, uh, some of the coaching I get involved in your identity versus your role. Uh, We all have roles societally and everything else are dictating that. But it seems to your point that that's really flushed into uh, for our younger people's a lot of their identity, uh, particularly with social media. You know, because there's so much judgment going on out there today. And how I love what you said, you know, stepping back from that, those choices and really looking at those, uh, you know, as to what is that, you know, the, the uh, mental hijacking thing is alive and well, and especially over the last couple of years. I mean, we've seen yeah. a lot of this. Yeah. So your guidance in that is very profound. And, uh, and thank you for that today, because you gave me, uh, opened up a different perspective for me today, too, as to that's very real. And of course, you know, I'm a big fan of Daniel Kahneman yeah. and uh, we didn't know uh, what we did. We, we, we didn't share was that he is, he's dubbed as the uh, father of behavioral economics and he is yes. not an economist. That's right. <laughs> he won a Nobel peace prize. As a matter yes. of fact. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Hey, well um, the second part of there about value and performance, how do you, how do you set up the value part of this? You know, let's talk about values and what your perspective is on that. Oh yeah. Um, this is a, all right. So this is a longer conversation mm-hmm. than, than the two minutes we have left. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but I would say that uh, value uh, quickly values were a product of the enlightenment. Part of mm-hmm. the enlightenment, what people talked about was virtues. Mm-hmm. And the thing about virtues is they're taught. Values are caught. Okay. So, so for us to say that, oh, I have these values, that values, Probably most of our values, they're, they're what we absorb from our families and our environment or the trauma we've experienced. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and one of the elements of the gospel is that Jesus can, frees, can free us from that. 
and yeah. and and he can he enables us to take on those virtues love joy peace patience kindness um, yes yeah so but that's a much longer conversation <laughs> no but that, that's very succinct i love it because you're absolutely right breaking those two things out values versus virtues right yeah and caught and taught i love that phrase that's excellent that is really good because you're right you know some of it's taught the other part of it is caught and that's where i want to encourage leaders you know help these young people catch it right yes. and they're going to catch it by example they're yeah. going to see it in the leadership and how you walk uh, that's how i came to the lord and i think i've shared with you my testimony uh, you know a couple of times eric is three guys that were in my life that didn't know each other i didn't know they were christians but there's just something special about these guys the way they walk the way they talk how they acted how they treated other people uh, their family situation. It just really was very profound in my life that I'm thinking like, what is with these guys? And yeah. then just to find that all three of them were Christians that were walking it. And, yeah. uh, you know, that that's how I came to the Lord was because of that. So it's very powerful. It's very profound. And I want to encourage our leaders out there. That's exactly what you need. And you're in leadership, no matter what role you're playing, believe me. Okay. Everybody can do this. But listen, I can't believe we're out of time again, Eric. This is unbelievable. Great great uh, show today. Again, I want to encourage you to get out there in Texas at 312-210-0603 with the keywords third, what did they say that was? Third, third option. option. Third option. And you're going to get a download of the PDF that Eric was talking about earlier. And again, we're going to be back here next Saturday at noon to uh, one o'clock on AM 1160. Hope for your life in Chicago. You can hear, listen to us anywhere in the world by downloading the app and catch us live or go out there and check out our podcast at faithmarketplace.com. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.